gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Hello and welcome back to the Gathering in the Lamp podcast. This is episode 45 and I believe the third one that we've been doing since... Uh, the world went into lockdown, or most of the world went into lockdown. Today we're going to go back to our roots, a uh, bit of an ad hoc podcast, and I'll be joined solely today by Mark. Hey, what's going on guys? Mark Jerobi here. Good to be back on the podcast. A uh, couple things to talk about, but nothing nothing too crazy. We're going to get into a lot of opinionated stuff. There's some news things about Jackie Grealish and Keenan Davis we're going to get into. Just really happy to be back, Regan. How are you holding up over there? It's fine, you know. Um, I've, I've lost track of time a little bit. I'm, I'm not really sure how long we've been in lockdown um, and, and stuff like that. But today, as we're recording, this is payday, uh, and I've been I've been furloughed, so um, I've just been finding ways to entertain myself. Um, but you know, being paid for for having a month off isn't isn't the worst thing. Um, but obviously, you know, missing missing Villa, missing friends, missing family, um, things like that. Yeah, it's craziness, man. Like, I've been furloughed now, I think, uh, geez, I guess it's been like a little over a month. I guess we're almost talking about a month and a half at this point. So, yeah, it's a little crazy just keeping busy as I can, playing a little guitar, messing around on Twitter a little bit, video games, keeping up with all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, cra- it's, it's crazy to think that I was actually, we were actually supposed to be hanging out right now. If, if, if this didn't go the way it was, we were actually, yeah, this, we were going to be hanging out right now. You'd be over here in, uh, in sunny old Birmingham at the moment. Um Probably, probably sipping a few points. Probably going to the uh, Digbeth Diner, but obviously, uh, we'll have had to postpone that until uh, until things get back to some sense of normality. Um, obviously, we hope this podcast finds you safe and well during the the current times. And as always, if you do need anyone to speak to at any point about anything, then our DMs are open on the Under Augustic Lamp Twitter. Um, and obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, we should have been recording this podcast in person and in the build-up for the, the Palace game this coming Monday. Um, obviously, there's 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 not been anything happening really um, in regards to football. Um, obviously, there's, there's the talk of the Bundesliga returning, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you know we'd we'd usually be chatting about you know player performances and things like that but a lot of the things we're talking about on on this episode of the podcast are going to be other people's opinions and the odd tidbit of news that has come out since we've been in lockdown yeah there's just not really a lot going on and we all know that we're all missing the game we're all missing the relationships we have through the game and all that kind of thing but it's it's just really nice to know that we we have a pretty pretty good circle of not only just aston villa presenters and people that opine on things but also ourselves so we're going to get into a a little bit about what's going on there's been been a couple opinions about you know the season continuing and opinions about you know jackie grealish and a bunch of former players and stuff stepping up so we'll get into that and just um just talk about the the truth of the matter the opinion of the matter and all those sort of fun things Absolutely, but obviously first, probably the most pressing bit of news that's that's come out in the past week or so is that uh, Keenan Davis has reportedly signed a contract extension with Aston Villa. 
Now, the 22-year-old striker has split opinion since he arrived from Biggleswade, um, but his contract was due to run out at the end of June. Um, obviously, in, in, in the current situation, if um, the season was to resume, we, we currently don't have uh, Wesley or Tom Heaton registered because of their long-term injuries. Um, and... You know, the FA have come out and said they'll not allow teams to register players who were not registered at the end of January. So, should the season resume, you know, uh, signing Keenan to a new contract is is a bit of a bit of foresight from from the Villa brass, just because uh, the only striker he would have in in the senior setup would be uh, Ali Samata. So, you know. We wanted to. I think we wanted to keep Keenan regardless, but it's just getting everything set in place just in case, so that we do at least have two strikers on the books that are able to play. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. A lot of people said, "Oh, he's a sick note," and Keenan Davis is never going to end up being the striker. You know, the guy, the the big striker that everyone thinks he's going to be. But listen, he's still only 22 years old. His hold up play, you know, from what he's what we've seen so far, and it hasn't been a lot of it this year. Again, he's he's been hampered with injuries. But for you know a 22 year old promising striker, and he is still promising. You can still slap that tag on him. Um, you know, if he gets over his his injury woes. And he he's gets at least a little bit more you know time to showcase what he can do. I do think he can you know come good for Villa. I don't think you're going to see him in some kind of crazy form like we've we've seen with Christian Benteke or Tammy Abraham. But I think he can be one of those kind of strikers that you know just for depth purposes it's really good. I agree with the fact that it's foresight on Aston Villa's part because you don't want to get into some crazy legal battle where a player's contract runs out and then maybe the season continues just a little bit after that. Now you're down a striker, you can't register a new one. It's it's a it's a really really crazy crazy kind of problem to have but I like the idea that Villa again probably always did want to extend his you know his contract and his tenure at the club but it's still the the fact of like I think this just it it gets rid of the kind of like the the ugliness that could happen with football through like legal terms and everything like that so I I think that keeping Keenan on is a big thing because again you can't you can't re-register Wesley and you know you're gonna you're gonna need strikers whenever this season does continue. If it does continue, not to mention you want your young players to feel like, hey, you know, we still do believe in you. You're still young. We know you had injury problems. We'll give you we'll give you another year, maybe two years. I couldn't find anything really on how long the contract was. Did you see anything about that? I presume I I, I believe it was an option in his in his previous contract. So generally, those are one year extensions. Um, you know, you'll know this playing playing football manager. You know, if if you've signed a, a new prospect kind of thing or or a youth candidate, uh, and they're really good, you know, you'll sign them to a five year contract or a three year contract, and then you'll you'll put in the um in 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 the small print, as it were, that you know you, the club has an option to extend it by an extra year, just so you can keep them around for a little bit longer. Um, you know, Keenan as a player isn't necessarily going to set the world alight, but if you look at his metrics, his fundamentals are very strong. You know, his hold-up play is amazing. He's very strong in the air. He's very strong in the duels. And as a target man, you know, as as I said, his fundamentals are really quite up there. Um, I don't think he's going to be on, you know, our number nine f- ever. Really, I think he's always going to be a backup, but. Um, I think he needs the kind of attention that um, Tony Pulis and Nuno Espirito Santo have been giving to Adama Traore. Um, I can't remember where I, I I can't remember where I read it or heard it, but it, it was um, a piece about Adama Traore and uh, 
Tony Pulis said that he would switch uh, the side that that Adama was playing in, depending on where he was positioned uh, on the pitch. So, you know, sometimes he'd play on the left-hand side, sometimes he'd play on the right-hand side, depending on how the stadium was set out. Um, and you could literally hear him bellowing throughout the the game, just Adama, 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 and telling him and instructing him. And, and you know, Nuno's done a very similar thing and, and concentrated on kind of... Um, you know, progressing this this raw talent, um, and I think the same needs to be done for Keenan. You know, uh, I I don't know if Dean Smith's the man to do it. I don't know if any of the other stuff are the, the people to do it. But there just needs to be this kind of hammering into Keenan Davis uh, that he has the raw ability, and it just needs to be kind of tailored and tamed a bit. And that's exactly it. It is raw ability. I like seeing him come off the bench. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for a player like Keenan Davis right now, at 22 years old, to have to play 90 minutes game in and game out. Um, I like what he brings whenever he comes in to the team off the bench. Uh, it does seem like Dean Smith and his coaching staff know that whenever Keenan comes on, things change a little bit. Um, I, he just brings something different, and I, you know. There's there's been a lot of talk on, on on Twitter and other social media when it comes to Villa because no one has anything really to talk about. But ever the one constant theme that I've seen so far through like the the quarantine lockdown kind of time period we're going through is that people think the Villa need to play with two strikers up top. Now I'm not sure if Dean Smith would ever do that, but I'm okay with the fact if you're going to put Samada and you're going to put Wesley up top at some point in time. We don't know when that's going to be. This is all hypothetical. But if he does decide to put Wesley and Samada up top for any which reason. I kind of like the idea of Keenan Davis coming on the sub either of those two players. I think it, it would definitely complement either one of those players to have a kind of you know bigger body hold up play kind of striker who doesn't necessarily have to toe the line, but he can just sit kind of behind his other striking partner. I like that idea. I don't know if it'll work, and I don't know if it'll actually happen. But for me personally, I think I think that might actually be a strong suit for Keenan Davis, just kind of working as like kind of an impact sub, a super sub to change the game in certain kind of ways. It doesn't always have to be that you have to bang in goals. You can contribute as a striker other than other than putting the ball in the back of the net. So, I I mean, for me, just seeing it again, he's very raw. I do believe he, he does, there is some potential there with Keenan Davis, but I, I just think that it's going to have to be on his terms and he's going to have to figure out how to how to get himself to the next level. And I mean, like you said, if we were to play two up front, um, you know, if you were to play Samata and Wesley, then then Wesley would be tasked with with being the hold-up kind of striker. And, um, you know, he, he has performed well in a, in a front two uh, when he was at Bruges, but um, I think... You know, if you sub Keenan Davis on for for Samata in in that instance, then then the hold up is taken away from um from Wesley, and then he's able to concentrate more on the game where he he kind of can show how good he is. Uh, or if in the opposite case, you know, if Wesley is tasked with that hold up kind of play, then you know you bring Keenan Davis on, and and that level of hold up or that that strength in in the in the position has improved. Yeah, it sounds crazy, man, but I honestly think that if, if Wesley did have a striking partner, we've seen it at Bruges. I mean, me and you collectively, we've we've looked at a lot of film on this guy. We're uh, speaking to Wesley. Like, we, we, we've watched a lot of it. We know how, how he works. We've watched full games, all that kind of thing. Um, I, I really think that he has the ability to be a poacher-style striker, and I know he's a bigger body. I know he stands very tall. He's very strong. He doesn't have the best ball control skills. His first touch is a little off sometimes, but still, I think that like if, if you enable Wesley to have somebody else you know, in and, in and around him that, that's kind of doing their own thing, 
I, I really think that he he has the ability to become a, a really really decent target man slash slash poacher. And you know, again, this all comes to the fact of are will Villa ever do two up top, and is that a bit too much in the Premier League? Does it leave the midfield areas open? There's a lot to consider there. But I really think that the the inclusion of Keenan Davis, you know, anywhere around you know Wesley or Samata, I, I I think it helps out a, a little bit. And I, I think that's definitely something to look towards. I'm just not sure you're going to see it um, when the season continues. Yeah, maybe it's one for the championship if we find ourselves there or, or you know, once we've kind of nailed on a, a specific style of play. Um, a man who's never really that far away from the headlines, Jack Grealish, has been on the lips of pundits and supporters alike in the past few weeks. Something that Manchester United are tipped to spend upwards of £70 million for the Villa captain. And there have been other reports that likes of Everton are interested in him as well. But Graham Souness hasn't held any punches when it comes to Super Jack. The former Liverpool man has, has come out in a, in a almost uh, video podcast format, um, speaking with former Villa player uh, Paul Merson. That the uh, you know he, think, he thinks Grealish needs to release the ball a bit quicker, and he said something along the lines of uh, the reason I say this is that he takes too many touches. He's the most tackled player in the Premier League. Is that necessary? I think he needs to see the picture quicker, move it quicker. I think that's something that he needs to address, or he'll end up going down the road of Jack Wilshere, where he gets a lot of injuries. For me, I think um, Graham hasn't really read the way that Jack plays properly. Um, I think. He, he it's not a case of seeing the picture quicker. I think that the picture is is created around him um rather than the picture already being there, if you know what I mean. Uh imagine like an imagine if Jack Grealish uh when he had the ball was dribbling forward and he had uh two paintbrushes in either hand and he's almost like painting his surroundings as he goes. Um because it's him that decides what the opposition does or or what his teammates do really you know he he'll paint a, a mat target to his left that he can play the ball to he'll paint three defenders rushing rushing towards him on the edge of the box um and you know Samata or Hurahan or Douglas Louise or anyone in space for him to to lay the ball off to so i think you know, Sunas has, has not seen him as the, the artist, more so the the purveyor of the art, and um, I think that's the the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe it is for me. Initially, my knee jerk reaction whenever I read this quote from Sunas was, I, I can't imagine how many Aston Villa games that Graham Sunas has gone out of his way to watch in the past three seasons. I don't know if he's really seen the maturation product of. Uh, you know, Jack Grealish. I don't know if he understands exactly how much he brings to the team. Um, it's easy to look at Jack Grealish just purely from a Premier League standpoint of this season, but I think there's a lot to be said about what he's done previously in the championship as well. Um, we're seeing Jack get faster. We're seeing him get more hungry, more determined. We're also seeing him get a lot, a lot of, you know, he, he's he spent a lot of time on the ground. It's not through diving. He's getting tackled. It's le- legitimate tackles. It's not to say that Jack Grealish has never ha- never dived. He has. We know that. But I think that it's just a little bit old world of soonest to think that um, the tackles will lead to injuries. And yeah, we we've seen Jack have shin splints before, and we've seen him be out for a long time because of these shin splints. But I, that's a game that Jack has repeatedly over and over again says that he enjoys about the game. He enjoys being the center of attention from you know the team he's going up against. It, it brings him joy that they're fouling him. It makes him hungry. It makes him get up and you know take it to the, you know take the game to to his opposition a little bit more. So for me, I understand the concern from Sunis. I just think that it's one of those things that it's, it's a little bit of an old world way to look at it. And 
it's a little bit of, it seems like he's not exactly privy to what Jack Grealish brings to the game. I don't think it has anything to do that he needs to see the picture quicker. I think he actually sees the picture faster than most footballers do. That might be a little biased being an Aston Villa supporter, but you don't get a lot of players like Jack Grealish in football, especially not in England, where it seems like things are moving to what he does other than players moving to what the game's doing, if that makes sense. So, I I, I mean, I don't know. I I understand where he's coming from. At the same point in time, I just think it's a little bit short-sighted. I don't think there's a lot there that they can really be be taken in a way that he I don't think he's talking bad on Jack I think he just he sees Jack Grealish as a different way than maybe a lot of the other people in England do yeah I think so but he you know soon as he's a part of the old guard it's it's the same kind of stale old opinions that 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 come out from from certain pundits um and I think you know at this current time Jack doesn't need to, to change the way that he's playing perhaps in the future when you know um Injuries are, are more is more susceptible to injuries, or or you know fitness isn't necessarily something that that he's blessed with. You know, if he's in his late twenties, early thirties, yeah, he's going to have to change the way that he plays. He'll he'll probably move to a more kind of like deep lying um, position. But you know, yeah, gone. I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, like, and you see that with with players. They get older. They have to adapt their game. They move into a different position. They don't make forward runs as well. And it wasn't me being ageist by saying that Sunis maybe doesn't know what he's talking about. As much as it is just, you know, pe- people around the age of Sunis, especially pundits in football, they always think that center mid should do center mid things, winger should do winger things. Jack's a little bit of a, a jack of all trades. You know, not not to be funny about it, but he is. He can kind of do it all. So, um, yeah, I just think that it, it, may, it may possibly confuse Graham Sunis a little bit how Jack Grealish actually plays. Obviously, as well, on the flip side of the negative criticism, uh, we've had uh, Villa's assistant manager, John Terry, coming out and speaking about Jack. And, you know, he's heaped the praise on him. Um, he, he, he said, uh, I think that he's similar to Joe Cole and Eden Hazard. Um I just think the natural ability he's got and that Joe Cole had a God-given talent that not many people are blessed with, but he's certainly got. The way that he glides past people, he's quick, but not many people know it. I don't think he knows how quick he is. He's a tremendous talent. Talent. He got a lot of fouls in the Championship and now in the Premier League. People just don't know how to stop him. You know, these are massive words coming from one of the greatest defenders in the in, in Premier League history. Um, and you know, you've had you've had Terry come out and heat praise on on Villa players before. I'm sure there's a clip of him somewhere saying something about Gabby, uh, saying that he was one of the hardest attackers to come up against just because he was so fast. Um, you know, do do you think the comparisons to to Joe Cole and 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 Hazard are, are fair assessments, or or is Terry kind of talking up his captain a little bit? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, as as assistant coach, especially one that's coming out of the game as decorated as John Terry is, I think you have to talk up your captain a little bit and you have to, you know, make it known that you're on his side and you want the best for him no matter what. Um, but I also believe the comparisons to Cole and Hazard are, are a little it's, – it's just a little bit of a reach. I don't know. I've seen Eden Hazard take games completely from it looked like nothing was going on to he has a 30-minute hat trick. You know what I mean? So, like, I, we haven't really seen that level from Jack. I think he does get there eventually. Um, hate saying it. It's almost hard to get to get it out of my mouth. But it might not be at Villa for him to get that to that extra gear. Um, he has a God-given talent. You can't say he's not. Um, he he does so many you know things on the football pitch that any team would would want and, and appreciate. 
I, I just I don't know if he's to the, to the fact of you know that being compared to you know a Cole or a Hazard yet just just yet. But for me, he definitely has the talent. It's definitely all there. But yeah, T- Terry's got it back, Jack. And I mean, we all we all remember that that picture that's burnt into our heads. You know, after losing the Fulham, and, and Terry walks over and consoles Jack, and he's got his head on his shoulder and everything. Like I don't know for me, I don't know about you, but but for me, that that image is forever burnt into, into my memory. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know. A lot of people were saying that you know there's there's a clip that that, that accompanies that vi- that video, and you know J- uh, Terry's whispering into Jack's ear, um, and you know a lot of people were saying I was probably saying move on for the good of your career and and things like that, but I, I don't think that Terry would tell Jack to to stay or move on for the the good of his career, especially in the position that Terry's in at the moment. I think you know um, the, the only advice that Terry's going to give uh, to Jack is or at least in a professional basis and in professional settings is is that he needs to stay at the club to to help Villa grow and to help him grow as a player. I mean if you look at the the growth of Jack over the last, you know, four years, that you know, it's it's unsurmountable, you know, that there's there's no way that you could kind of put that into words. Um and I think he can continue doing that. But we need to stay in the Premier League, and you know we, we, you've spoken about it before. It's very similar to um, Wes Edens, and uh, I'm going to call him Janice because I cannot pronounce his his surname. Uh, the the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks basketball star, um, and you know he's he's done everything to keep this star at the club, um, and and you know done various other things to to uh, turn the Bucks into the the, the massive kind of uh, behemoth they are in the NBA at the moment. And, you know, Edens has come out and said that he wants exactly the same for Villa. He's an impatient man, he's an impatient owner, and he wants quick success. And we've, you know, we've come relatively close to that in in, in losing the uh, Carabao Cup final. But, you know, he's not going to let Jack go without a, a big fight, uh, and he will do everything in his, his kind of arsenal to, to keep him at the club. Um, so I, I don't think all this kind of linking and, and rumours that, that Jack's leaving at whatever point are necessarily true. And if if he does, it's going to be for a lot of money. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of, of Wes Edens, uh, he just did an interview with, uh, I believe it's on Bloomberg.com, big, big financial website, um, and he was talking about his sports endeavors just a little bit. It wasn't a lot, but he was talking about the fact of, you know, he, he had a model with the Milwaukee Bucks and it worked, and he, he is going to, you know, take the lessons he learned from that and instill it in the Aston Villa. But that does, you know, come around a lot and I, I've written about it in the past to where you have to keep these young stars happy and you got to find a way to do it but at the, at the same point in time you got to make sure that they're going to be satisfied with the successes and they're going to learn from their failures um, so I think Wes Edens is definitely the kind of guy that, that knows that and he knows what his plan is and he he's not he hasn't single-handedly did it there's a lot of people that had their their hands in the pot as far as how the Milwaukee Bucks went from absolutely a woeful woeful basketball uh club and all of a sudden they're they're literally one of the best teams in the league if not the best team in the league um going back to the John Terry thing I don't think John Terry would ever try to sway Jack to stay at Villa or to leave I think Terry is the kind of personality the where he knows the footballers need to make their own decisions I don't think it's one of those things where he's in the ear of Jack um you know they didn't play together previously except for the one season obviously but I don't think that I don't think that Terry's influence 
can be measured by, hey, Jack, you got to get out of here. or Hey, Jack, you need to stay. I think his influence is more of like he's looked at as having this wonderful career, this wonderful experience. And yeah, that you know, Terry was brought in as one of the best defensive players to ever play in the Premier League. And it's just, you know, Villa's defense has been shit this year. Well, we all know that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still the thing that I don't think Terry's one to get in the ears of players as far as what they should do for the betterment of their career and coincidentally the betterment of their life. I think that solely comes on to Jack. So I, I don't really agree with the fact that maybe Terry would be in his ear telling Jack one thing or the other. Pose not, but you, you've only got to look at Terry and, and see that, you know, he was he's a, he was a one-club man. He's a one-club legend. Obviously, he came to Villa for, for the singular season. Um, but that was at the end of his career when he didn't really have any any further future at Chelsea. Um, and you know that's got to be inspirational to see. Uh, you know, especially with the, you know the likes of rich owners and 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 things like that. So you've you've got to think that Jack may look up to Terry and think I, I could be Villa's John Terry, obviously, albeit in a different position. Um, and it's I think the the big thing that bothers me is that. We would have seen by now um, whether Jack would have made it into the England squad for for, for the friendlies at least, um, and I think that would have been like such a big plus point to keeping him around at Villa because he knows it's possible to get into the England squad and achieve his dreams whilst he's at his his boyhood club. Yeah, and and we don't know like that that kind of call up. I mean, like obviously everything's pretty much you know halted in its tracks right now, but you know him him keeping Villa up. You know, he, he's, he's just always said it. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. Is, you know, Jack always this season has said, I want to keep Villa in the Premier League. I want to, I want to get an England call-up. So, you know, you, you never know what, what was going to happen. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. But, like, maybe the England call-up, if he got the England call-up with Villa, he would have stayed no matter what. You know, maybe that it weighs that heavily on him. And it seems like his personality does signify that, that, you know, it, it means a big, big deal to put pull on that England shirt, you know, in a, in a senior role, at least. And it, it's a big, big deal for him to keep Villa up. So we don't know. Maybe the, the combination of those two things would have been like, I don't care where Villa's at next season. This is my club. I, I got to get this club back to, you know, what we're doing, um, you know, b- back on a on a track that, that's going to get this club back to where it deserves to be. Um, I don't know. I just think that it weighs that heavily on the mind of Jack Grealish that if, if he did get an England call up, all this, all this paper talk wouldn't, it would just disappear. It would just, it would just go in the thin air because he's just like, no, this is my club. I got to England at this club. This is the club I want to be at. It's a very good point from you about the whole John Terry thing being, you know, basically a one club man. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure John has had something, John Terry said something to Jack about, Hey, you know, I, this, this is why I, you know, only played for Chelsea. This is how much I love this club and things of that nature. But I mean, it's, it's, it's all it's all just thinking about it now because we really don't know what was going to happen. Yeah, it's a bit of a pipe dream, but it would be real good for for Southgate to perhaps come out and and you know say this is the the the, the squad that I would have taken to the Euros. Um, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily you know important at all, but it would be great for the likes of Jack or or any other kind of uh, debutants to say, wow, I would have made it into the Euro squad. Um, I just need to, you know, when this resumes, I need to kick on from here and make sure that I get that that call up for the Euros when they do actually resume. Um, but you know, as I said, it's a, it's a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a pipe dream because you don't really know what's going on, and you know, I I don't think that 
Southgate would ever realistically come out and name a squad for a tournament that's that's not going to happen or anything like that. But I, I do think that whenever the season does continue, whether it is a continuance of the season or they bend it off or however it happens, what I'm trying to get at is when football is played again, you're going to see a different level of Jack Grealish. We've seen it time and time again. Anytime he has any extended time off of this game, he comes back like a man on fire. I, I don't have any reason to believe it's not going to be the same exact thing whenever we finally get football back. That's a very, very good point. Um, moving on from from Jack, later this week, I think around Sunday, uh, maybe Monday, it may already be out by the time you're listening to this podcast, but we'll be releasing an article um, about Mark. Uh, it's not about Mark, sorry, by Mark. Um, and if it, it feels kind of relevant to, to talk about two other uh, Aston Villa pieces of content and podcasts, uh, the 1874 podcast by The Athletic uh, has a great interview with Gabby Bonglahor up at the moment, whilst the Claret and Blue podcast by The Birmingham Live um, has gotten hold of Martin Larson and, and um, it's, uh, Barry Bannon as well. Um, you know, What did you make of these interviews without spoiling anything about them or your article? Um, and how important have you found these podcasts to you personally during you know this whole kind of coronavirus crisis? I I really like both uh, both podcasts, and I, I you know it it probably also does help that you know I consider the people that run them to be to be friends of mine. Um, but with with eighteen seventy four and the uh, the interview with Gabby, it's great. He talks about what he's doing to try and help the NHS out, NHS out a little bit. He's uh, you know talking about things that happened in his career uh clubs that may have come in for him and wanted to snatch him away from villa definitely definitely give that a watch but i can say the same exact thing with the current and blue that you know it's hosted by matt kendrick and uh james rushton james really good friend of mine really good dude um they did an interview with uh martin larson and that that one's really good as well it talks about his time at villa it talks about how he wound up at villa maybe some personal matters that larson had uh talks about you know how it ended up that he uh uh chose to retire in 2009 and how that all came about everything that led up to that decision they're it, it, they're really fantastic watches and right now there's, there's really not a lot to, to watch in terms of aston villa uh content you know there's no games being played or anything so you know to have have two podcasts out there that that have the pool to be able to get former players in talk to them about their experiences talk about you know their love for aston villa that's a massive massive thing it's really really cool to see i mean ha- have you checked either of them out yet because they're really good watches I haven't really. I've, I'm quite behind with uh, with podcasts um, at the moment. I, I've not been listening to any of them because usually I would listen to them, you know, on, on my way to work or my way back from work or on my way to the gym or things like that. So, you know, I've not really had the time to uh, to to get my listenings in. I've really just been, you know, watching Twitch streams or 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 YouTube videos it's your- in terms of content. On that last podcast on the left, I don't know if, if any of our listeners might be familiar with it. It's a re- really, really cool podcast. I've been to a lot of a lot of interesting things from around the world. So, but yeah, other, other than like the the football stuff and the sports stuff, there's a, there's a load of stuff out there to keep you occupied, folks. It's, you don't just have to flick through the the sadness of, of social media over and over again. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. Absolutely, I think we could both probably uh, recommend a couple. Um, but on on the subject of of Gabby Bonlahor, obviously you mentioned his uh, his interview with the Athletic. He's raffling off his shirt from the twenty seventeen Second City derby, with all proceeds going to the NHS, which is you know a, a, a class move by Gabby. You know he he came out and said that I've already made a donation to the NHS myself, and I was trying to think of other ways I could help. 
Um, and obviously he's invited visitors to, to, to his Just Giving page to pledge £10 per entry to the raffle that he'll perform live online on Sunday. Uh, and the shirt means a lot to him, he said. He thought it could be special for lots of Villa fans, so hopefully that he can raise a decent amount of money. He doesn't know how much medical equipment costs, but anything that he can get to people who are suffering with this terrible virus has got to be useful. And obviously that comes after Bonglehoy himself was stricken with COVID-19 and has claimed it was the worst thing he's ever been through. Um, obviously we we can offer only offer our, our respect um, to, to all the NHS and healthcare workers around the globe at the moment during this uh, unprecedented time. But, you know, it's a great move by Gabby. And, you know, we, we speak about um, former Villa players doing their bit, but current Villa players are doing their bit as well. Um, today, as we're recording this, Courtney Hawes, the uh, the Villa centre-back, is, is releasing a song at around 8pm Um and I believe all proceeds from from streams and and purchases of that song will go to the NHS as well. So you know it's it's really great to see people doing things in their in their own kind of way to get, you know, money and and more attention to to the the healthcare service in this country. Yeah, it's all wonderful things. It's, you know, from from Gabby and Courtney Horse as well. It just it takes a special kind of person to want to want to create something or, or want to donate something and, and knowing that you're not getting anything back from it. It's purely just to help out other people. Um, you know, Bong Lahore and his character has, has came into question, you know, during his playing days and maybe toward the end of his career at Aston Villa. But you, you can't say that the man doesn't have a big heart. And we've seen it time and time again, whether whether it's, you know, going to, you know, uh, Acorns Children Hospice or now with the raffling of this 2017, you know, Second City Derby shirt. And, and it's a shirt that he said means a lot to him you know it, it means a lot to his heart because you know you got if you think back to that you know Gabby comes on as a sub late in the game the game's dead I mean the, the game was dead the entire game there wasn't much going on it was it was one of the you know weirder second city derbies you're going to see and then for him to come on in late stages and and you know just pop up and do it again obviously that show where it means so much to somebody who, who loves Villa with all his heart so for him to go above and beyond and, and to donate that shirt to get a raffle system set up to help out the NHS that, that's absolutely amazing it's very heartwarming to me uh, the same goes, goes with Courtney, though. You know, he he's got a song he's dropping, and it's it's really good. You know, I mean, it's 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 not it's not like he's just putting something together. It's not like there isn't any kind of talent there. So it's just heartwarming to see because you know, in, in these in these crazy kind of times, you know, for something that you care about so much, like we all do about Aston Villa, it's really nice to see you know the players and the entities inside that club going above and beyond to help out other people who might not be as fortunate as they are. And it's it's just it's so heartwarming to me. It really makes me really proud to be an Aston Villa supporter. Do and I'm sure it does for a lot of others as well. Um, and before we we end this this episode of the podcast, um, I believe we had a couple of questions on Twitter. Yeah, we have. Let me pull this up. We got a question from one of my favorite uh, young Aston Villa and journalism bloggers, Jude Aston. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jude's, J-U-D-E-S underscore journey. And he asked, uh, what were Dean Smith's biggest achievements this season and his biggest mistakes this season? I'll let you get a handle on this first. Um, biggest achievements is he's got to be uh, the Carabao Cup final. Um, and I think I think as well that the, the way that we started the season, I think was necessarily we weren't necessarily picking up points, but um, I think the way that we started the season has uh, kind of filled people with a little bit of hope uh, at this stage of the season now. Um, 
but yeah, I would say his, his biggest achievement this season has to be the Carabao Cup final. His biggest mistake uh, would probably be not deciding on a set system, I think. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I, I think I, I'm, I'm right there with you with the uh, on agreement of his biggest achievement is the League Cup final. Um, it's a great thing no matter what. It doesn't matter if your team's you know rock bottom or if, if you're flying high in the league. It's always a great occasion. You know, Aston Villa supporters love going to Wembley, so it's a it's a great thing. The biggest mistake for me, and I don't know the background of how this happened, and I don't know why it happened. I think that he split up Mings and Ingles way too early. If it was a thing that he wasn't happy with them, you have to work through that. Don't abandon the plan don't scrap the plan um i just think that they were so monumental at the beginning of the season and yeah they did have a couple poor performances together but i don't think that you just automatically just start splitting that that those two up i think i I really do think there was something there as far as you know being we could have maybe been a little bit better defensively not like world beaters not like we were going to go crazy games without conceding the goal but i can just see those two having a partnership that would have flourished a little bit given more time yeah i agree with that um are there any more questions uh, yeah, I had another one from Bradley on Twitter at it's Bradley C. If there even is a transfer window for this season, who do you think will go? And for me, I don't know why I feel this. I think that Trezeguet might go back closer to home. I don't know why. I just have that feeling that if, you know, these players that we bought in the summer, I don't think all of them are here for the long haul. I think that's kind of just the business of how it goes. So I, for one, one reason or another, I just have this feeling like if there, if there are players that are going to leave in, in the not too distant future, I think it will be Trezeguet. I'm going to go with a similar kind of position, and that's going to be Jota. I think, um, or I can't even remember how to pronounce his name now. It's Hotter, isn't it? It's hotter, yes. Um, yeah, um, I, I think it'll be hotter. Uh, I think he's he's not kind of hit the standard that Dean Smith was expecting him to. Uh, I think he's too slow for the Premier League. He's he's a he's a Championship level player. Um, I think it depends where the season um, kind of concludes and where Villa find themselves at that conclusion. There, I, I I think that it was just anything to get Gardner off the books. So if they, if they could have got a you know. A, a cloth sack for him they were gonna they were gonna get it for him just get get him off the books get him out of there yeah i mean you know in hindsight they should have probably gone for jude bellingham but can you imagine can you imagine if that if that was the transfer or if we sent garner for jude bellingham it'd like toss him like five million dollars <laughs> that have been a pro even more than there already was oh yeah is that the final question or? Uh, no, we have one about, and you're going to have to uh, answer this one for me. It is from Stephen Deacon on Twitter has asked us, what's the plan for the Villa Magazine edition two that was due at the end of the season that has already been paid for? Still going ahead, and if so, have you had to go for a plan B now for content? Um, so the plan was to always um, finish it just after the end of the season, uh, publish, send it out, but obviously we don't know when the end of that season is now. Obviously people have paid for it, so they'll still be receiving their product. Um, in terms of content, you know, it, it has changed that a little bit. Um, the, the, the big thing about it for me is that, you know, we wanted to release it at the end of the season so that, you know, we didn't miss out anything important, but also that the content didn't necessarily change. You know, uh, the, for example, I've, I've written about... Um, 
Pepe Reina, and I've got like half a half a piece written um, because you know I'm talking about how good he was when he first joined, and then how awful he's been in the last couple of games. Um, but you know the, the the space potentially for him to redeem himself or get worse. So it's it's on hold at the moment. But the the if there is not. Like you know, I'm still I'm still producing it. I'm still working on it. But you know, if there's if there's nothing by the um, what what should have been the end of the season, then we will release it as as scheduled. Um, but yeah, the, the content is is probably going to change a little bit. We'll probably uh, have a bit of a bit more uh, nostalgic pieces in there. Um, but generally, everything everything remains as as normal. Yeah, it's going to come out come hell or high water. We're just trying to figure out what, as far as the content in it. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a little different as of right now. It's, it's it's like trying to plan for something you don't know is coming. So, um, so the magazine will definitely be out no matter what. It's it's going to have you know wonderful content in it regardless of how it goes. If the season continues, if it doesn't, we're just trying to you know get a get a grip on you know do we you know finish this right now as it is and try to finish it off and then send it out to be printed or, or we're going to wait. So we're just going to wait. It was like Regan said, it was always going to come out you know right after the end of the season anyway. So you know if you if you did make the purchase, uh, we're eternally eternally thankful for. Just gonna have to practice a little bit of patience, just like we're all doing right now, sitting in our homes, you know, being being bored as all hell. Another point as well, you know, you've got to take into account that our printers have, um, you know, are gonna have staff shortages at the moment. Uh, my local post office is closed, so I wouldn't necessarily be able to post um as as quickly and as efficiently as I'd have liked to. So there's there's many different factors at the moment, but rest assured that if you have purchased one or if you purchase one going forward that you will receive your product. Um, and I think that's probably the best place to end this week's podcast. Thanks as always for listening. If you've enjoyed it, give us some feedback on whatever platform you're listening to on all on social media and talking of social media you can follow us on twitter at villa lamp on facebook forward slash under a gaslit lamp on instagram at under a gaslit lamp and you can keep up to date with all of our latest content on www.underagaslitlamp.com thanks for listening and up the villa